Hello, everyone. Welcome to the One Flesh Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. One Flesh Podcast is all about marriage, the essential union between man and woman. Uh, my goal is to help young men find a girlfriend and build a marriage worth having. On Sundays, we have the Sunday series of the Purpose Podcast, where my goal is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. Uh, today, we've got a little uh, solo One Flesh episode where I talk about marriage. Um, no guests on this one. Uh, hope to get you guys some guests soon. No, keep saying that, but it'll happen eventually. Um, so one thing I promise is that I won't quit. So <laughs> I'll keep trying, keep trying to get some guys on. Uh, hopefully with winter coming and as everybody uh, kind of runs out of activities to do, it'll be podcast time. And that's typically when people like to listen more. And so hopefully that's when I'll be able to get some more guests on. Uh, we've had some cool guests. One that uh, I recommend everybody go back and listen to if you're listening to this is a uh, with Forrest Cooper, the redacted podcast or uh, the redacted culture cast. Um, we had him on recently, uh, had a lot of cool guys come on the show and, uh, we will continue to have cool guys come on the show, but today, uh, just a little solo one flesh episode. Um, hopefully will be a short one. Uh, I say that every time and then it's never a short one, but, uh, yeah. So little baby report since everybody, uh, likes to hear those. We went to an appointment last Thursday uh everything's good um all the fingers and toes everything it has everything uh we don't know uh what it has below the belt we didn't find out uh we're gonna wait until birth to find out the gender uh for some reason people don't believe us <laughs> but we we really don't know um yeah everything looked really good it was in the 71st percentile for size uh which i mean i'm six foot and his mom's 510 so uh not incredibly surprising that uh gonna be a big baby and i say he again we don't know um but it's got all the things that it needs uh, apparently i don't know if it's the umbilical cord or what it is but it's supposed to have at least two three is good one is bad um, ours has three so um it's great everything's going along well uh she's still not sick or anything like that some of the planning and stuff has been a little bit more stressful as it gets closer but we're getting through it. So, um, I don't think we have, I don't think I've got anything else. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, got looking forward to reading books and stuff like that. Um, everything's just kind of rocking along. I am, uh, going really all out on my, uh, my fitness, getting prepared for baby. Um, I do not want to be fat, chubby and lazy, uh, when it gets here and I plan on keeping myself in shape, uh, well, throughout the life of the child, <laughs> throughout the rest of my life, but uh, I'm not going to let myself, you know, gain back 15, 20 pounds uh, when baby comes. It's just, it's not a thing that's going to happen. And, uh, and I'm going to lose every bit of fat that I can before, uh, before baby gets here. So um, that's going tough. Uh, it's, it's going really well, but I am taking drastic measures right now, uh, really working my butt off. Um, yes, I know it's not sustainable and the sustainability crowd is going to, um, lose their minds, but, uh, I know it's not sustainable. That's the idea is that it's a, it's a sprint, not a marathon. There is a time for a marathon. I've lost, let's see, 249 now. So what is that? Six plus nine is 15. So I've lost 85 pounds without, uh, over two years. So I know how to do it sustainably. Um, pretty versed on how to do it sustainably. Uh, but now is a time for all out. 
and that's what I'm doing, and it sucks. <laughs> I am hungry literally 24 7. Um, at any point in time, I could crush a whole pizza. Uh, that hasn't gone away yet. I am working my butt off. My legs don't work quite like they used to. I think it's the lower carbs. Um, I don't know. They're really, really tight. And I mean, I pound the water. I really do. Um, I had a gallon in today by one o'clock and kept drinking. Um, so I don't know what it is, but my legs aren't working like they used to, but we're, uh, we will, we will move on. Um, we will keep going. So, uh, everything's going good. Everything at the house is going well. Um, let's see one flesh. So the idea, and this has kind of come up, um, a little bit with, uh, oh man, this is going to be, it's going to be a tough episode. You got to keep my, uh, self-control is difficult, but, um, you know, with the baby stuff, uh, everybody has been incredibly supportive. Like almost everybody has been incredibly supportive. So if you're out there, um, don't think that any of this is about you. Um, I guarantee you the people that it even is about, it's not really about anybody, but, uh, they're not listening to this. So if you're listening to this, it's nothing personal to you at all. Uh, we've had so much support. We've been showered with love. Uh, everybody has been so supportive and so fantastic, but there have been a few circumstances and a few ways that I'm thankful, even with that love and support that Dylan and I, um, have become what I call like a marital unit. Um, we are a family, one flesh. Uh, we are one flesh and we are kind of set apart. So, um, independence, maybe that's what I'll title the episode is, is marital independence or something. I don't know. Um, but and the point of today's episode is going to be, uh, the importance of doing that, of establishing yourselves as um, a sovereign couple within a network of, of family and friends. Um, that's the idea here. And now going to preface this with a couple caveats. Number one, I am more independent than most. Uh, I tend to be more self-centered. Um, well, I, I don't know, chicken and egg type of thing, but I'm independent, which makes me more self-centered or I'm self-centered, which makes me more independent. Um, now, self-centered may be a little bit harsh on myself, but, um, I care a lot more about what happens to me and my family generally, uh, than other people, you know, and that has orders of magnitude, the farther you get away from me. So, or the closer you get to me, how do I, what do I mean by that? I carry, I care probably a lot more about what happens to my wife, uh, than myself. Um, and I care a lot more about what happens to my wife than maybe my uh, immediate family outside my marriage, because that's my wife. We're one flesh. And because of that, I care more about my mental health and my physical health because that aids my marriage. Uh, what do I mean by that? That means I'm not, not to say that he is, um, but this is just a reference. Doesn't mean anything literal at all, but let's say that my brother was damaging my mental health in some way. Well, if my mental health begins to damage my marriage, then I'm sorry, little brother's got to go. Marriage comes first. Uh, get outside of that. My aunts, my uncles, my cousins. Um, if they, you know, it, it, it all depends, but, um, I've got to stick with my family because they're, you know, a step closer to me. So long as the, so long as, let me put it this way, 
they're behaving morally, so long as they're behaving in the correct fashion, uh, I, I got to stick with them. If, if they get into any sort of um, argument with somebody else, if they're behaving within some moral lane that I deem acceptable, then I, I got to stick with them. And uh, that's kind of how it goes. And I would imagine it's the same way for everybody else. And by the way, friends stick in there uh, pretty close, you know, depending on the relationships that you build, friends are pretty close in there. Um, I don't know that I have any friends that uh, I would choose over my family. I definitely don't over my wife. Um, I don't think I have any friends that I would choose over my family right now, but they get very close. You get out to that aunt, uncle, cousin realm, and it's like, well, <laughs> um, how often do we really hang out? And what kind of relationship do we have? I'm not saying I have bad relationships with any of them. Some of them listen to this podcast. Again, don't take it personally, um, because it's probably not. Never had to choose between a cousin and a friend. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it's a little bit more of a choice than between a friend and my brother. That's that's all I'm saying is that there are spheres of influence outside of myself, uh, and they are graduated in varying degrees of uh, of distance from me and my family. Uh, the point here is that the marriage should be number one. Um, the marriage should be number one on you and your wife's side both. Uh, your marriage should be a sovereign and independent unit inside a network of families. And now you could say sovereign slash independent. Take that however you will. But the way that I mean it is that um, when I say the Rauschers, uh, there is Haas and D.L. and Rauscher. Mr. and Mrs. Haas Rauscher. That is a unit. Okay. Uh, that is a unit inside the broader family of the Rauschers, inside the network of the Rauschers. We are a unit, okay? Um, it's not me attached to my family, Ellen attached to her family, and, you know, like, barely coming together between the families. I don't know how to describe this, but um, you should become a unit. I'm struggling with analogies. Hopefully this gets better throughout the podcast. Uh, but... You need to be a unit. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about how we've done that. I'm going to recommend, I'm leery on recommending how to do this to people because I don't know if we just established it by luck. Um, I don't know that we have really the best relations with our family in the way that we've established it. Um, a lot of them probably haven't been the happiest with us. Um, so this is going to be my other caveat is understand that I may not be as good at this as what I think I am. Um, or at the very least, this may not be as, the way I did it may not be as beneficial as what I think it is. But I do know that there are benefits to establishing yourself as, as a unit. And I think it's absolutely necessary uh, to the health and the success of your marriage. Um, you can't still be attached to your mother and your father the way that you were before you were married. You cannot do that. They ran your life um, as they should have. Um, they should have led you and parented you and then handed you off, key part there, uh, to your wife and you should be an independent unit. Um, a lot of times when I see stress in marriages, uh, or, you know, not necessarily even stress in marriages, but just an impedance of, of marriages to develop. Um, it's because of these, the, the failure to, um, become sovereign, I guess. And I, and I apologize. I'm listening to a a series by the martyr made by Daryl Cooper on the martyr made podcast where he's going over the Israel and Palestine conflict. So 
um, all of the history. So my, my language and my words uh, may seem very uh, geopolitical just because that's what I've been listening to. Sovereign and independence, you, you get what I'm saying. Um, but uh, yeah, when I see a lot of couples that, that really struggle and don't develop as fast in their marriage, to me, a lot of times it's because they fail to make that sovereign unit. Uh, one big step in making that sovereign unit is you have to be married. Okay. Uh, this is, this is kind of part of the problem of moving in together before you get married. And I've never really thought about it like this until this moment. Um, but you're take you used to live with your parents. Okay. You used to live with your family and your brothers and your sisters. And there was a certain level of, uh, cooperation that came from that. And there was a certain level of, you know, skin in the game that they had in your life. Um, if you don't establish yourself in a completely different fashion and a completely different relationship from them with somebody else before you move in with somebody else, uh, how do, how do I put this? It's, it's almost like, it's not like you've terminated that level of influence that they've had over you when you lived with them. And then you're trying to do that again with somebody else. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? It's like you had this agreement with these people. You were going to live with them. Uh, you were going to follow by their rules. You were going to share with them if it was your brothers and sisters. Uh, you were going to do as your parents said. They were going to pay for a couple of things for you. Um, and they were going to support you, put food on the table. And for that, you were going to follow their rules. And then you went out on your own. And you were kind of in this quasi space. You were saying, hey, can you still pay for my stuff occasionally? Uh, maybe we go out to dinner occasionally and you foot the bill, which is all fine and dandy. Perfectly fine. I imagine it'll, it, that'll be how it goes with my children. Um, but then you move in with somebody else and then you're trying to do that with somebody else. At the same time, it's not like there's been any defining moment in your family, uh, any defining moment in your family to, to, to kind of change those seasons, uh, to, to change that, change that relationship. There's no defining moment. Um, it's it's this like, okay, now you're doing this with somebody else, this kind of relationship that that we had in a in a familial sense, uh, in the way that we had to cooperate with one another, that we established over 18 years of our lives. Then you went into kind of this half measure, this space where you're trying to figure yourself out and go get out into the world and get a job and all of that stuff. And then there was seems no real defining moment where you go, okay, now this level of influence that you had over me, I'm going to go exercise that with somebody else. You just move in with them. It's like this relationship, and then one day you're living with them. You could say that living together might be, but it's never taken like that. It's, it's almost never interpreted like that um, by the family or even you. It's not. It's, and that's, and that's the, exactly the reason that you move in together before marriage is because it's like a small step. You view it as a small step. And so, um, that, that relationship, that influence that they still have over you, uh, it's kind of like, where did that go? And they may still try to exercise it. And because you, you love your family, uh, you may still try to receive that a little bit, but that may begin to impede this relationship that you're trying to build with somebody else. Uh, because there's no defining moment. You have nothing to be able to say, well, that's my family and you are my boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's nothing to, to kind of separate that your family hasn't really condoned. I mean, maybe they do kind of condone, but they haven't really authorized that, that level of influence 
uh, to go to somebody else. Uh, they may feel slighted by the fact that this influence is now just converted to somebody else without the slightest bit of warning or the slightest indication. Maybe they don't know anything about this person that you're living with or they know very little. Um, but there's been nothing to to kind of hand off the torch to this other person to say, hey, this level of influence that we had, now you have it over them. Because they don't. Because oftentimes it's too early. If you're doing it before marriage, it's oftentimes too early. They don't have that level of influence with you. Um, they really don't. And so you are kind of in the middle. You can't ask your boyfriend that you just moved in with to start paying your cell phone bill if you can't afford it. Can't do that. Um, you still got to ask dad. Well, <laughs> dad's kind of like, what you know, well, what the hell? I don't even know this guy, you know, um, you're, or you're part of the rent, whatever it might be. Like there's this weird transition of influence between the parents and then the boyfriend when you move in together without a marriage. When, if there's a marriage, it's like, okay, now he has that. It, it is the full intention for him or for her to have that level of influence with you. That's the full intention is you're going to get married and now they are your family. At least there, at least there's a, uh, a benchmark or uh, what is it? A checkpoint. Um, at least there's that, that checkpoint, that major event that says, okay, this is where it begins to turn at the very least. This is where it begins. Okay. They may still help you out. Um, you know, I've got a buddy who's doing a lot of good things to where both of their sets of parents help them out because he's doing a lot of good stuff and he'll be able to pay them back. I'm not saying that they can't still exercise influence over your life. Uh, but what I'm saying is like when you move in together without being married, there's not, there's no longer that check mark to mark that expectation. It's, it's kind of weird. And I know the, the concept that I'm describing is it may not make much sense, but I hope it does. Um, because I, like I said, I've never looked at it like that, but, um, even when you get, even after you get married, um, a lot of people fail to initiate that that independence of marriage, that they fail to initiate that process of becoming a unit and saying, hey, we're going to live our life this way. We're going to throttle down the influence from the outside. We're going to throttle up the influence on the inside, and we're going to run our lives uh, as, you know, the the independent unit, Mr. and Mrs. Haas Rauscher. That's what we're going to do. Um. A lot of people fail to miss that, and it causes a lot of pain. Let me let me kind of describe some circumstances of pain that it causes. Uh, family Christmases, that one that one is always awful. It's it's just awful if you're not an independent unit. Um, if you're you know your parents or uh, whoever grandparents whoever's organizing Christmas, if they still have that that great level of influence over you, uh, and they both you know let's say they both do, let's say you're both really into, you know, your parents and your grandparents and stuff like that. Um, well, they both have decided that Christmas is going to be on the same day. That's a conflict. I mean, that's a real conflict of which family Christmas do we be more a part of? Maybe one can do it in the morning and one can do it in the afternoon. That's kind of what we did for a little bit. Um, but maybe they're not satisfied with that time. Uh, maybe one person doesn't want to be there all morning, but one person really loves their family and they do. Uh, let's say one person doesn't want to be at this family Christmas for six hours. The other person, they really do want to be at that family Christmas with six for six hours. That's not a problem. Maybe family Christmas should be at six hours, but you failed to establish yourself as an independent unit. And so that influence is still coming in. And you may be valuing that influence from the outside of your family 
more than you're valuing the influence of, say, your wife or your husband. Again, I know this is kind of abstract, and I know I'm probably not doing a very good job of presenting it, but let's take the let's take the exact circumstance. Um, let's say, hey, man, I I don't want to get too literal, but um, let's say that for some reason you don't you just don't enjoy uh, being around. This this is going to sound really bad. Let's say your wife doesn't enjoy being around your family uh, for eight hours on Christmas Day. Let's say something is something is the problem. She uh, she's allergic to the trees outside their house, the cedars. And every time she gets over there and we spend eight hours there, she gets cedar fever. Um, whatever it is, I don't know. Make up your own thing. Um, I'm trying to make analogies without pissing people off, and it's tough. But figure your own out. Um, and she doesn't want to be there for eight hours. Okay, well, it may be perfectly valid that your family loves her uh, and your family loves you and they do a lot for you and they have a lot of influence and so she may have to suck it up. Uh, but also, you should be an independent unit and make that make that decision independently without like undue influence from your parents. What's not acceptable is your mom saying, well, I just can't believe that you would leave after six hours. Like, I can't believe that you would do that to us. Or, well, we always hang out for eight hours. That type of input should not be valued over your wife's input. It should be your input versus, you know, and your wife's input and then negotiating upon an independent decision. Again, I know I'm not doing a very good job on this, but it is, it's very tough. Um, weddings, you know, weddings are also, you know, a big deal. It, what kind of people do we invite? Or, you know, let's say that uh, the mother, and again, none of this is literal. If, if you're any part of my family and listening to this, don't take it personally. If you have questions, call me. Uh, these examples and analogies, it's impossible to, to do something without slightly suggesting that this might be real. It's, it's not. But let's say that the mother of the bride has her own her own vision of the way this wedding is supposed to go. And she may mean completely well. She may mean perfectly well. Uh, she may have the best intentions in mind, but she wants to serve salmon at the wedding. She's always envisioned a wedding where we serve salmon to the guests. For her baby girl it's her only baby girl she wants to do this okay well <laughs> your wife loves her mother dearly she says i really don't want to disappoint her she's been looking forward to this for a while she wants to help as much as she can uh, i really want her to have salmon okay well let's say your wife goes but i don't really want salmon i would rather have chicken and steak salmon's a pain in the butt it's going to cost way too much um you know, we got half people in here that are allergic to fish. I don't know. The the scenario is stupid, but um, but your wife is now struggling with that. You're over here, and let's say that you've agreed to pay for the food. And you're like, why don't we do ham sandwiches? Let's do that. Um, the problem is, because you've failed to establish yourself as an independent unit, this mother is now influencing greatly a decision that should be between you and your wife about your wedding. And again. Not that it's bad that parents have influence. Not that it's bad that outside family has influence. Uh, but you'll get to situations in your marriage to where it needs to be a decision between you and her. Uh, and unfortunately, because you fail to establish yourself as an independent unit, you can't make that decision with her and deliberate outside. It's going to cause more issues um, inside your marriage than outside. And, and I talked a little bit about this uh there was an episode about advocating for your wife, um, even if it's like against your wife. So 
I talked a little bit about, um, you know, they're, they're caught up with their family and you have to advocate for your wife. Even if it's against your wife, you have to advocate for her best interest, you know, interest, uh, even if she's so tied up in, in her family drama or whatever it might be, this is kind of the same thing, but you have to establish yourselves as a unit. So when the time comes to make those decisions, you have the footing to say, Hey, no, this is what the family of Haas Rauscher is going to do. Uh, this is Mr. And Mrs. Haas Rauscher. This is what we're going to do. And if y'all don't like that, um, you're going to have to get over it. And there's a couple different ways to be able to do that because it is tough. It is very, very tough, especially, you know, for me, for me, it wasn't that tough. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I mean, it is still kind of tough. It's, it's tough to tell my family, we're not going to come home for Thanksgiving, or it's tough to tell my family, Hey, I don't think we can make it to that. You know, it's tough to tell my family when they want to do something that I don't think we're going to do that when they want me to do something. I, I don't think I'm going to do that. You know, at times it is tough. It was much easier for me than it was my wife. Again, for some reason, I've always been a little bit more independent. I don't know if that's just the way I was raised. I don't know what it was, um, but I've always just been more independent. So I don't just always have a problem with telling people, eh, it's the way it's going to go. Um, I don't have a problem with staking my own claim. Um, and if they want to deal with that, they can deal with that. Uh, it was a lot tougher for my wife becoming that independent unit. Uh, you know, luckily... Like I said, I advocated for her, um, even against herself. I, I was, to me, fighting for her against her um, in a lot of these arguments. Uh, and we've overcome it. And something that I'm really proud of is that now we're a unit. Now we can look at each other. We can make decisions uh, without the outside influence. And now the bad part is just dealing with the outside influence and letting them know what our decision is. It's no longer us coming to the argument table. And I, I hate the term argument, but... It's no longer us coming to the discussion with all this baggage of what our family wants to do. Um, it should be, t I mean, it should be considered, but as a couple, uh, it should be considered, but as a couple, you should not be advocating for your mother in, you know, a conversation between you and your wife. You and your wife should be discussing what to do about your mother. That's what I'm saying. I hope I'm making my point clear. I don't, I don't know if I am or not. Uh, but again, let's say, Let's put it this way. Uh, let's say that your your mom says that they would do Christmas at your house, uh, but she just couldn't stand the fact that um, you had ham instead of turkey. I know these I know these are stupid, but I'm trying I'm trying to come up with with actual analogies without offending somebody in my family that might listen to this. Uh, but let's say your mom says, "Well, yeah, we'll do you know Christmas at your house, but I'm not eating that god awful ham. I want turkey." Uh, well, you should, and let's say your wife loves the ham. Okay, well you shouldn't come to that conversation uh advocating for your mother. You should come to your wife and be like, "Hey, you know, I know you like the ham. Um I kind of like the ham too. Uh you know, what do you, what, my mom's saying this, but what do you think? You know, what what do you think we should do to to appease her or um should we at all? Uh what what do you think?" And your wife may say, "You know what? Absolutely." Or she may say, let's get some turkey legs and throw them on the grill. Uh, she may say, no, screw that. Uh, we've been to her house three times and every time we have turkey and she makes it dry. So we're going to have ham. Sucks to suck. Uh, and you may say, okay, um, that's fine. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like, But have the conversation as a couple and figure out how to deal with your mother as a couple. Don't come to there with this pressure from your mom saying, hey, I want turkey. I want turkey. 
and then don't go to your wife and being like, yeah, my mom really wants turkey. I really don't want to upset my mother, so we're going to have turkey, and I'm going to fight with you about it. No, come to the decision between you and your wife. Which, what do you and your wife want? If you actually kind of want turkey, don't blame it on your mother. Don't be like, yeah, well, my mom wants turkey. And, mm, yeah, I think we should just really appease my mom. I don't, I don't really want to, you know, I love my mother. And, uh, the fa- you know, look on her face when she eats some good turkey. Uh, I don't really want to disappoint her. No, that's chicken shit. If you want turkey, you say turkey. You decide as a couple what you want, and then you go to your wife. And maybe as a couple, you want your mom to be happy. And so you decide to give her a little bit of turkey. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you you kind of understand what I'm saying? And do you see how this can apply to a multitude of scenarios? Um, I mean, what what are you going to get for your baby? What's on your, what's on your baby registry? Um, Do you have this, let's say, let's say your mom uh, let's say your mom has always envisioned, uh, you having this, you know, baby blanket or whatever, or this painting in your room. Let's say your mom, uh, has always wanted to put a mural in your room. Your mom doesn't know how to paint, uh, but she's always wanted to put a mural in, in your, in your nursery. She's want, she wants this mural in your nursery. And, uh, you're like, well, I, I don't know that we really want a mural in our nursery. I think, you know, we don't really have time. Maybe we don't have time for that. Maybe you don't want to deal with that. Maybe you don't want to let the painters into your house. I don't know what it is, but again, come to the conversation and decide as a couple. Do either of y'all want a mural in your nursery? Is it is it what you want? Is it what Mr. and Mrs. Haas Rauscher want? Maybe it's not. And so you tell your mom, look, Ellen and I have decided that this is not what we're going to do. We are going to go with a solid color, uh, but we do want your input. You know, what solid colors do you think that we should do? And your mom may just throw her hands up, oh, screw this and leave. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that looks like for you, but you have to be willing to defend the, the decision that you come together, the decision that you've made together as a couple. Uh, decide these things as a couple and then present them to the outward network, the outside network of your family. This is going to be tough. Um, this is going to be very tough. And I'm going to describe to you a couple different evolutions on how to get there. Number one is financial independence. Um, number one is financial independence. And you have to, I get, maybe that's, maybe that's not number one. That is a way to get there. Uh, it's, it's actually kind of a tough way to get there. Um, and it may be a little bit of more of offensive way to get there. Uh, but once they don't pay for your stuff, you can't really say shit about what you do with it. I mean, they can't, (laughs) I mean, once they don't pay for your stuff, they can't really do anything about it. Um, they can't, I mean, if you're making your truck payment and you want to sell your truck and get another one, what, I mean, unless you need a co-signer and they have to co-sign for, I mean, what are they going to do about it? I mean, once, once you're 18, they can't do anything about it. That can lead to some very bad decisions. Ask me how I know, but they can't really do anything about it. Uh, if your parents are still funding you know, if your parents are still paying for your truck and your insurance and half your rent while you work and your wife goes to school, it's a lot harder for you and your wife to decide if you need another vehicle without that influence. It's a lot more difficult. And I know it's not always achievable. And it is nice. I love to see family supporting each other. I just told you about my buddy uh, who's doing a lot of great things and his family supporting him. He's got a degree. He's got a job. Um, he's in a position right now where it doesn't pay very much. And that's just the way it is. He's working himself up. 
but his family still pays for a lot, and I love to see that. Absolutely love to see that. But if he wanted to do something counter to what his family wanted him to do, that's a tough that that's a tough road to go down. <laughs> I mean, it is. You know, if if the family's like, hey, uh, we wanted you to visit this time, you're not working. Um, are you gonna bring our daughter to visit? Huh? I mean, we paid for your last three rent payments. What do you mean you're not going to come down here? Excuse me? That's a lot more difficult. So financial independence is one way. Uh, the other way is just making those decisions. The other way is is just saying, hey, and I have decided this. Um, I don't know. Sorry. Um, that wasn't a Freudian slip. Uh, the... the the wife of the dude that I was saying is doing a lot of good stuff. Uh, his, her name is, sorry. Um, I'll leave that in there. I hope he's not upset about that. Um, but saying, Hey, uh, Dylan and I have decided to do this. Um, oh man, I may bleep that out. I'll bleep it out. You'll hear bleeps. I know how to bleep things now, so I'll bleep it out. Um, anyway, uh, Dylan and I have decided to do this. Okay. This is what we're going to do. And you go to them with that and you say, sorry, I know you may be upset about that, but this is what we're going to do. We, her and I have decided on this, uh, and that's the way it's going to go. So if you don't like that, we can talk about it, but it's going to be with me and my wife. Um, let's see. Sorry, that definitely threw me off um, saying that name. Let's see. <sighs> what else? Um, making Making a big decision, like making like iterative like big decisions uh maybe one year you know we kind of did this with family christmases uh maybe one year you change it up a little bit maybe one year you take a little bit from this family and give a little bit more to this family you say and you don't do this intentionally like you don't do this just to be an independent unit but this is kind of how it works this is how it worked for us it wasn't just like you know what i think we want independence so we're going to be mean to these people and nice to these people this year that's not really what it was but it was kind of an an iterative decision uh, you know, let's say you decide that you're going to do, I think what, it, you know what it was, uh, there was one time that, uh, yeah, that's what it was is my family wanted to go on a trip for Christmas and it was a cool, uh, but we needed, I mean, we needed to spend time with her family. We wanted to spend time with her family. It was the thing to where like, you know, we didn't really want to put that financial burden on our parent, on my parents to take us throughout the whole trip. Uh, and we wanted to go back and kind of hang out with her family just a little bit. Um, and so what we did is we did like half the trip with my family. We went down about halfway on their, on their trip. Uh, and there was a little stop that we did like this Christmas festival thing, uh, amusement park type deal. Uh, this wonderland winter wonderland type deal. And we did that. And then we drove home instead of staying the night, we drove home. Uh, and then we went the next, uh, the next day to her family stuff. And so, you know, typically, uh, like for, I think the Thanksgiving before that, we didn't even see her, you know, her family. We spent it all the whole Thanksgiving with my family on a big trip. Well, it was an iterative decision to say, Hey, we would love to go on this trip with you, but you know, at the halfway point, we're going to come back and we're going to go see her family. And I don't know if my parents, I don't think my parents were offended by that. I don't think they were shocked by that. But it was like a tiny step in saying, hey, look, um, we have other priorities. I don't think my parents ever had a problem. I really don't think that they did. 
Um, but it's like, hey, we've got other priorities. Mr. and Mrs. Haas Rauscher, we have our own lives around the holidays. We're going to go over here. And, you know, if, if let me put it this way, if the relationship between myself and my parents uh, were any different, then maybe that would have been an issue. Maybe my parents would have been like, well, you know, this trip, we had it, we had this trip envisioned that it was going to be, you know, going to be all of us and you've never not been with us on Christmas day. And, and what are we going to do with it? You know, like maybe they would have just been distraught of like, you've never not been here on Christmas day or whatever it is. Uh, and I have to say, look, you know, Christmas day, you're going to be in Galveston. I've got to be up here with her family. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I have somebody else involved in my life now. And so we have to be an independent unit. Um, but I don't think that's how I went with my family. I think they were okay with it. And so I just had to say, you know what? I'm sorry. We're, we're going to go back. And they were like, you know what? Cool. That's fine. We understand you're independent. Not all families are cool like that. As a matter of fact, a lot of them aren't. And most of them are passive aggressively, uh, not cool like that. Most of them won't be like, you know what? Uh, we're not okay with that. So either you go on the trip or you don't go on the trip or, you know what? We're not okay with that. Um, and then they throw a fit. Most of it's like, oh yeah. Okay, I guess we're just really going to miss y'all. Um, well, you know, I guess that's fine. It's just really, you know, I might cry if you're not with us on Christmas. They do stuff like that. That's what a lot of families do. And it's tough to break. It is so tough to break. Um, you know, another step is is just making big decisions. Like I said, we, there was one year that we didn't go down for Christmas at all. We're six hours away from most of our family. Um, family Christmases had gotten tough. Uh, for a myriad of reasons that, again, probably have nothing to do with anybody that's going to listen to one of these episodes. Um, but it it was just tough. And Ellen and I, we love giving gifts. Uh, you know, a lot of times we felt like we needed to give gifts because we hadn't seen these people in forever. <laughs> um, and then you go down there and there's a thousand different white elephant things. And, you know, you either have to be the assholes that sit outside of the white elephant circle and don't play, or you have to go and you have to give something decent. Uh, and you know, a lot of times they're like, Oh, we'll just bring you $10. No, if it's a $50 gift thing, I'm going to bring it. Like I'm going to play fair. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's a $50 white elephant, then we bring a $50 white elephant gift. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we were tired of doing the white elephant thing. Uh, we didn't have the money to drive down there, uh, spend all of our meals while we're down there. I mean, we could, we could eat for free if we, if we wanted to, but you still have meals on the travel. Um, we don't want to burden my parents all the time with just eating there. And that's what ends up happening. But, um, it, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of investment. And for the holidays we were like, and, and again, it was a lot of emotional BS with parties that, like I said, are not going to listen to this episode. So is what it is, but it was, it was just a mess. Um, and so what we said is, look, we will open our door to anybody except for a few people. <laughs> we'll open our door to anybody. Everybody's invited except for a few troublemakers. Uh, and if y'all want to come and see us, you are more than welcome to make the drive up to Amarillo. I will cook for you. Uh, we'll have gifts waiting on you. And we did. Everybody that came up, we, you know, we got them a little gift um, because we didn't, weren't having to pay gas to go down there. Uh, and there was even some people that uh, weren't in the best financial position that we offered to pay their gas. I was like, look, your car is cheaper than mine. I'll pay your gas to come up here. Like if that's, if that's the deciding factor, I'll pay your gas. I don't care. Um, but we're just making a stand saying that we are going to do things differently this year. And we are going to establish ourselves as an independent unit right here, right now. Um, 
We're tired of being pulled to hither and yon for Christmases. We're tired of not enjoying those Christmases. We want to enjoy a Christmas as ourselves. I think it had been a long time. Like, I don't think, I don't know that Dion and I had ever had a Christmas day in our own, in our own home. And, and to be fair, I mean, it was the first year that we were married. So take that as you will. Um, you know, maybe <laughs> the, the more religious among us would say, well, you never really had a legitimate home, but it is what it is. You know, Dion and I hadn't woken up on Christmas morning with one another. That hadn't happened. We hadn't, de- we hadn't really decorated for Christmas. I mean, we did, but not to the level that we wanted to. And so we said, we're going to do that. We're not going to worry about dry. We're not going to worry about the 12 hours worth of travel time this year and the extra money. If you want to come see us, you come see us. And that was a big step for us. Uh, I, you know, most people received it well, uh, at least from what we heard, you know, some people came up to see us. Some people came up to see us and those people we really appreciate. Those people are our people. And we were like, Hey, look, you came up to see us. The people that didn't come up to see us. We understand you had other stuff to do. You know, some people gave us some BS reasons why they couldn't come, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like your choice, but we know where everybody stands now. You know, we know where everybody stands on the, on the effort that it takes to come see Mr. And Mrs. Haas Rauscher. We know where everybody stands right now. We do. And we're an independent unit and they're independent units inside this network of the two families that were, that were, uh, that will be entangled in for the rest of our lives. But we know where everybody stands. And they know where we stand and they know that we're not just going to capitulate to whatever they want us to do. And that's not a bad thing. It's, it's good for families to have influence over one another. It is very good. If you have a good family, if you love your mom and your dad, if you really love your mom and your dad, as you should, hopefully they're, they're people deserving of love. If you really love your mom and your dad, that is good. And if they have influence over you, that is good to an extent. (laughs) but they need to have influence over your unit, not you. If you and your wife really love your mom and your dad and you love going on trips with them and if they're very wise and if they make good decisions and if they bail you out when you need it and they really help you when you need it, they can have influence over you and your wife. That is fine. Okay. That's understandable, but it needs to be over you and your wife, not you. It needs to be over the unit, not you. You get what I'm trying to say here. They can have some influence over y'all. When you come to the table, uh, when you come to the table to discuss this with your wife, it is fully okay to be like, yeah, but you know, man, you know, our mom is just, you know, my mom is just awesome. And your wife goes, yeah, yeah, we should, we should really do everything we can to, to make sure that she's happy and, and she gets that turkey on Thanksgiving. That's okay for them to have that level of influence, so long as it's a decision between you and your wife, not a decision between you and your mom. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. I know I'm asking you rhetorical questions, but that's that's what I'm really trying to get to. And I again, I see it just just ruin ruin marriages. You sh- you shouldn't be fighting about this like external person in your family. Like you should. Maybe, maybe there is, there are discussions that need to be had. Your sister comes to you asking for money. You should go to your wife and ask your wife, do we give her money? Maybe you really think that you should give her sister money, but it should be a discussion between you and your wife about your funds and what can you give for your funds? Not, yes, 
not like this begging for your sister to your wife. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. And I, I know it may not hold sturdy. I, I, I caveated this with it. I may not be the best at it, but I know it's important to be an independent couple. I know it's important to present yourself independently. And this, where this is really important, guys, where this is really, really important is when you're on the phone or in a discussion and your other, your significant other isn't there. That's where it's really important. You have to understand that you are still a part of this sovereign unit. Okay. You are still a part of this sovereign unit saying, Hey, look, I am a representative of Mr. and Mrs. Haas Rauscher. I'm not Haas Rauscher on the com you know, on the phone with my mom. I'm a representative of Mr. and Mrs. Haas Rauscher. I am here to conversate and negotiate on behalf of Mr. and Mrs. Haas Rauscher. When you go to your Sunday school group, uh, or your Bible study, your prayer request, and, and this may be a little bit controversial. You can pray. You can have prayer for your marriage. You can have prayer, you know, for hey, we're going through some stuff. If you don't mind praying for me, but to me, you should still be a representative of that marriage. Now, if something's going on, if you need help, you know, if if you're getting abused, whatever it might be, seek help. Understand that I'm talking about good, healthy marriages here. Okay. Um, but you should still be a unit. And you know, like my wife and I, we have an agreement of that. If we're going to bring it up in, in Bible study or whatever, number one, we have to bring it up, uh, together in the Sunday school first. If it's going to be something that pertains the Ellen and I specifically, if it's something in our marriage, we've already discussed this. It has to be brought up together at Sunday school. First, we both have to be sitting here. We both have to agree with what is said and the, and the prayer that is being asked for. Um, and then after that, we both have to, if, before we ask for it at like Bible studies or something like that, we've agreed that we both have to run it by each other before we ask for that. And we have to pray for it ourselves before we ask other people to pray for it. It's, it's this, this independence of saying, Hey, we are a unit. We are a unit. It is you and I not really against the world, but it is you and I, and then the world. You, you, I, and Christ, okay, whatever. Um, make God the center. I get it. Um, but it is you and I, in, in human terms, it is you and I, and then the world. That's important. And, and again, I've seen couples who never get over this, who never get over this. I mean, they're in their 60s and stuff like that, and it's still, it's still a problem. And it's not good. Um, it's not good. And it, it, when your kids come, it needs to be the same way for your kids. As far as I can tell, every, everything that I've been able to tell is it still needs to be the same way with your kids. You know, it, maybe it shifts from your mom to your kids. Maybe you're just really tied up with this kid. Um, you want to give the kid this, you want to parent the kid this way. Uh, and then your husband doesn't feel like that. Maybe kid finally goes off to, to college or whatever. Kid calls and asks you for money. Okay. Do you just give kid money? Is your husband okay with that? What do, what do you do? Is your wife okay with that? Do you just hand kid cash? Maybe there's a certain level that you can just hand kid cash. Maybe you know your wife is okay with that. But you shouldn't be advocating for kid against your wife. If your wife says, hey, I really don't think we need to give him any money. He's got a decent job. I think he's spending it on beer and not what he's supposed to. Um, if that's kind of your wife's sentiment, you don't just hand kid cash. Because you're breaking that independence. You're breaking that sovereignty. You need to be a sovereign couple, a sovereign unit inside this network. One flesh. 
one flesh. There's a reason. Now, I don't know the full biblical context around the phrase one flesh. I'm going to be honest with you. I named the podcast that because I thought it thought it was good. Uh, we had somebody on that had some biblical backing. That's what I named the episode. Um, I, I don't know the full biblical context behind one flesh. But to me, that says unit. That says unit, okay? You're not one flesh with your son or your daughter. You're not one flesh with your parents. You're not one flesh with your brothers and sisters. You're one flesh with your wife. And then anybody else, it's two fleshes, okay? You're one flesh with your wife. Be one flesh. Be a unit. Make those decisions together. Come to decisions. Have conversations as a unit. And then disperse the decision outward. Okay? Um, that's, that's kind of, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying here. I hope, I hope it makes sense. I don't want to beat a dead horse. I'm already at 48 minutes and, uh, I've got some editing to do because you heard the beeps, uh, hopefully earlier, um, because I accidentally let a name slip that I don't know if they want the the name slipping. So I'm going to go edit those beeps out. Um, and, uh, yeah, guys tune in on Sundays to the purpose podcast. Um, I don't think I have anything else on this topic, guys, other than the importance. If you take nothing, you know, I gave you a couple tactical tools. Uh, a good one is know before you make a decision with somebody on the phone or in a conversation, always say, no, I've got to go ask. I've got to go ask this person over here. Not this person. I've got to go ask Dylan. You know, hey, are y'all going to come down for Christmas? If you and Dylan have discussed it, hopefully you're not discussing that with Dylan, but if I, if Dylan and I have discussed it, I may say, yeah, I think we're going to be down. Or I may say, yeah, I think we're going to be down, but I really need to talk with Dylan about it first. And again, I may not be the best at this. Um, I am kind of the leader of the family. So I do tend to make some decisions without Dylan's input and it bites me in the ass sometimes. Um, but all efforts should be made to say, no, let me make this decision as a unit. Um, what, you know, what are you going to do for this? What are you going to name the kid? I don't know. I got to talk to Dylan first. I don't know. 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 I got to talk to Dylan first. Can you lend me money? No, I have to talk to Dylan first. I have to ask. There, there have been many circumstances where I just wanted to lend the money. And, uh, but I, I asked Dylan first because that's a unit decision. That's not a me decision. So I hope you get the point. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. Guys, I really appreciate you listening. Go share the show on Instagram. Uh, at the underscore purpose podcast, send it to people, you know, uh, give me a like, give me a follow, uh, do all the things, share the show. It, it's, it's really easy to share the show guys. Um, it's really easy. I even gave y'all a moment of silence a couple episodes ago and nobody did it. Uh, go share the show. Um, if, if, if you think that what I'm saying is good stuff, go share the show. Uh, anyway, guys, that's all I've got for you on this Wednesday. Tune in Sunday to the regular version of the purpose podcast, the Sunday series. Uh, then tune in next Wednesday for One Flesh. Thanks.